This is Speaking of Writers on Capital Region Sunday. I'm Steve Richards. In Mitch Albom's new memoir, more than 20 years after Tuesdays with Maury, the best-selling memoir of all time, he tells the story of another person who would forever change his heart. This time, it was a five-year-old orphan from Haiti who became a permanent part of Albom's life. After a devastating earthquake hit Haiti in 2010, Mitch and his wife Janine took over the operations of an orphanage in Port-au-Prince. In 2013, they admitted a brash and lively three-year-old girl named Chica. Two years later, Chica was diagnosed with a brain tumor, and doctors there said no one in Haiti can help you. Mitch and Janine brought Chica to America in hopes that medical care there would soon allow her to return to her country. Instead, Chica became the focus of the childless couple's lives, and for the next two years, as they traveled the world in search of a cure, they formed a most unlikely family. The book is Finding Chica, a little girl, an earthquake, and the making of a family. It's the first work of nonfiction in more than a decade from this number one New York Times bestselling author. It is an emotionally rich and deeply affecting story of what adults, even in late middle age, can learn about life and love from a child. Mitch Album is the bestselling author, screenwriter, playwright, nationally syndicated columnist, the author of seven number one New York Times bestsellers. His books have collectively sold more than 40 million copies in 47 languages worldwide. Tuesdays with Maury, which spent four straight years atop the New York Times list, is now the bestselling memoir of all time. Four of Album's books, including Maury, The Five People You Meet in Heaven, For One More Day and Have a Little Faith, have been made into highly acclaimed TV movies. Oprah Winfrey produced Tuesdays uh, with Maury, which claimed four Emmy Awards, including a Best Actor nod for Jack Lemmon in the lead role. Album has founded nine charities in Detroit and operates the Have Faith Haiti Orphanage in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, which he visits monthly. Happy to have Mitch Album back on this program, and I want to mention Mitch is coming to the Capital Region this Wednesday at the Sage College's Schacht Fine Arts Center in Troy, part of the uh, book tour for Finding Chica. Uh, Mitch, welcome back to this program. Thanks, Steve. Thank you for that long introduction. <laughs> I feel a little embarrassed uh, by all that, but uh, but I appreciate your saying all that. What made you decide to write this book? Well, you know, obviously to revisit something like that is bittersweet. Uh, yeah. You know, you get to relive all the great memories, also all the sadness. But when I thought about it, uh, Chica only lived seven years. That's not a long time. I had hoped by writing this that she could live a little bit longer. Uh, she had an enormous impact on on the kids in Haiti, on us, and on everybody she met. And I think she's symbolic of more than just her. Uh, she's symbolic of children who join families at unusual times, adopted children, foster children, children uh, who grandparents somehow inherit. Certainly, my wife and I were grandparent age when we got her. Uh, she was five, and we were in our 50s. And so I thought there was some universality to her story, and she could live on through this book. And the second reason is that all the profits from the book go to the orphanage that I operate and, and uh, have for the last 10 years. And I thought that might be a nice legacy for Chica to help her brothers and sisters in building a new orphanage, which is what our ultimate goal is. How did you get involved with that orphanage and start that orphanage? Well, it was, uh, you know, like a lot of things, an accident. Tuesdays with Maury, for me, was an accident, happening to, happening to just catch my old professor on television, and then one meeting led to another and another. And this was kind of similar. I, I, you know, saw the earthquake on TV, like everybody else said, oh, that's awful. And then uh, a pastor here in Detroit came to me two days later and said, 
I have an orphanage in Haiti that I think has been destroyed, and I think all the kids might be dead, uh, but I can't get a phone call through, and there's no way to find out. And something about that just really resonated with me, and I, I couldn't imagine children being dead and not being found. And so I helped organize a, a little plane, and because the uh, senator from Michigan was on the Armed Forces Committee, he opened a 10-minute window for us, and we flew this little plane into Haiti, and uh, we saw Haiti just a couple weeks after the earthquake, and it was devastating. And I mean, nobody who was, was there during that time will ever forget it. And I, I went to this orphanage, which, thank God, had not been destroyed, but was overrun with outsiders, and there was no food and no water, and it was just desperate. And it just made such an impression on me that I began to go back every month, and I brought guys down from Detroit to rebuild the place, and they built the first toilets and showers and kitchens and eventually even a school. Um, and I noticed as we were building all this stuff every month that the kids were still eating one cup of rice a day and went to the pastor and he admitted to me, he was in his 80s, he said, I don't have money to run this place and I haven't in a long time. And in one of those moments in life where you don't know exactly why you're doing what you're doing, I said, well, I could probably run it. I've run charities in Detroit. How much different could it be? And in about five minutes, it was mine, mm-hmm. and uh, I've been operating it ever since, and um, I go there every month. Well, now we have 52 children that we've taken in that we raise from age two all the way up to 18. They get educated and fed and nurtured and cared for, and then they go to college. I have scholarships lined up for every one of them, and um, if they can make the English grade, they go to school here in America, and then they come back to Haiti and make their country better and hopefully put a place like ours out of business. My guest is Mitch Album here on Speaking of Writers. His new book is Finding Chica, A Little Girl, An Earthquake, and the Making of a Family. Do you remember the day when you and Janine met Chica for the first time? Yeah, I met her uh, first. Uh, it was an intake interview. Her godmother brought her to the orphanage. Chica was born three days before the earthquake. Imagine that on mm. the third day of her life. The house that she was in with her mother uh, as just an infant collapsed around them, and somehow they survived, even though the house crumbled around them. And then two years later, her mother died after they rebuilt that house brick by brick. Her mother died giving birth to a baby brother with no doctor present, because many Haitian women don't have doctors present. They can't afford it. And uh, the baby lived, and the mother died. And Chica was plucked away that day by her godmother and was brought to us. And uh, I remember when I met her, because most kids who come in Whoever brings them in, they, they usually have their heads down and they, you know, they're shy and they, they don't know where they are. They don't know what's going on. They, maybe they've never seen anybody like me. And so they're, they're very shy. And Chica was head up looking square at me the whole time. And after about 10 minutes, she looked bored and, mm. you know, was like, are we done with this? Can I go outside and play with those kids out there who are kicking a soccer ball around? And she stuck her tongue out at me and I stuck my tongue out at her and then she laughed and then I laughed and. I said, boy, this kid is brave, and um, I had no idea how brave she would need to be. The narrative Mitch is told in hindsight through uh, illuminating conversations with Chica herself. Did you intend to use her voice like that in this book? Yeah, I knew that, you know, there's some people who are just kind of afraid of reading a book where they know a child is going to die because they don't want to start reading and get to, like, the last 50 pages, and I can't go on. I don't want to witness it. So right from the very beginning of the book, very first page, you find out that she died. There's no mystery. There's no horror. But you also find out that she's come back, and she's, like, sitting with me and talking to me, which frequently happens when I sit in my office with my eyes closed, and I just sort of imagine these conversations because that's where we always were every morning. 
she would I would take her downstairs and she would sit with me after breakfast and I'd write and she would play. And so she asked me, you know, what are you writing? And I say, whatever. And she said, well, why don't you write about me? Why don't you write my story? When are you going to write my story? Which would be exactly something she would say. And eventually I break down and do it. And then the, the book is sort of a series of me talking to her and her asking me questions about her life. So it's, it's, you know, kind of gentle and it, you know, and, and, and her voice was so important because she's so funny and she butchers the English language and, mm. you know, it's her third language. So I wanted people to hear her. It would be like if I had written Tuesdays with Maury without quotation marks, it wouldn't have been the same book. You know, you needed to hear Maury's voice and you needed to hear Chica's voice too. And so I thought a conversation was the best way to do it. Compared to your other books, how difficult was it to write this book? And was it cathartic for you? It was the hardest book I've ever written, mm-hmm. without question. It was cathartic, uh, but it also made me physically ill. Uh, towards the end of it, I was, I was having these symptoms, like uh, the doctors thought I was having strokes, and uh, turned out after a bunch of tests, like two weeks worth of hospital visits, that it was just stress and anxiety of of, of finishing it and making it right and 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 telling the story that was so personal to me and. Um, I like to think that as a result of that, it's the best thing that I've written. Um, and that even includes Tuesdays with Maury, and that's not a knock on that book. It's just that I'm 22 years older now, and I, I should be able to write <laughs> a little bit better. And and this was such an important story to me that I really wanted to get it right. So it was difficult, but it was also, in the end, rewarding. How about for your wife, Janine, after reading it? Uh, I read it to her out loud. Mm. She prefers that I do that. And uh, there were a lot of tears, you know, and a lot of laughs. Um, one of the things, the book's kind of broken down in, in this conversation to seven things that Chica really taught us, you know, in impressions, one for every year that she was on Earth. And one of them, the next to the last one, is about my marriage and is about Janine, my wife, and how when we were younger, we got married kind of late in life, and so we tried to have children, but we were already kind of old to have kids, and it didn't work out for us, and so it's always just sort of been the two of us. But I admit that, you know, when I was younger and we were dating, I worried a little about, oh, we have children fast, and I'm going to lose my wife's affection. She's just going to be doting on the child, and I'll be like the third man out. And It was so silly and so immature, and getting a chance to watch my wife with Chica and watch her be a mother and nurture her and play with her and sing to her and go into the bathroom with her and pull the door shut on me and saying, privacy, please, you know, no boys. <laughs> and then seeing Chica pull my wife's hair over her head, and my wife has long, dark hair, and say, look, Mr. Mitch, we have the same hair. You know, little moments like that that, that just, you know, I would have missed if we didn't have her. And it really showed me how foolish I had been and what I'd been worrying about. So Janine is an integral part of the story, an integral part of Chica's life, obviously. In our remaining moments with Mitch Album. His new book is Finding Chica, a Little Girl, an Earthquake, and the Making of a Family. And you can see Mitch. He's going to be here in the Capital Region this coming Wednesday at the Sage College's uh, Schacht Fine Arts Center that is in Troy. What would you like readers to take away from this book, Mitch? Well, probably two main things. Um, one sort of happened to me and was a revelation when Chica could no longer walk. You know, she lived, they told us she would die within four months. Uh, she had this terrible brain tumor. And it's always fatal. And they wanted us to just take her back to Haiti and uh, and let her die. And uh, we said, we're not going to do that. You know, she's a fighter. We're going to fight. And so she lived two years, which is almost unheard of, with the IPG, what she had. And during those two years, we really had a chance to become a family. 
And towards the end of those two years, she couldn't walk anymore. And so I had to carry her from place to place, the bathroom, the bedroom, the car, wherever. And we were sitting at the table once, and we were coloring. And I looked at my watch. I realized I was late for work. So I popped up. I said, Chica, I got to go. She said, no, Mr. Mitch, stay in color. I said, Chica, I have to work. She said, Mr. Mitch, I have to play. I said, well, there's a big difference because this is my job. And she crossed her arms, and she said, no, it isn't. Your job is carrying me. And that hit me like a ton of bricks, you know, because she was right. And that's something that I want to get across in the book. Of course, my job was carrying her. Of course, our job, all of our jobs, is to carry our children, especially in times of need. And especially if you have the opportunity to carry poor children or sick children or or forgotten children of the world, if you get the chance. And so I'd like people to know that. And, And I'd like people to finally know that, there's no right way to make a family, uh, or and there's certainly no wrong way to make a family. Uh, families come in a lot of different sizes and shapes and times, and there's the traditional way, and there's the adoption way, and the foster way, and then there's having a five-year-old when you're in your 50s and your parents' and grandparents' bodies. She didn't look like us, talk like us, you know, come from us, uh, speak like us, but she couldn't have been more our daughter if she was a spitting image of us, and and she made us a family because of the love that she showed us. And, you know, sometimes people would say to us, oh, it's so nice what you're doing for a child who's not yours. And we never looked at it like that, you know. It didn't matter if 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 she was ours. We were hers, you know. We were hers. And, and that's, I think, what makes a family. And so I'm sure that resonates for people in their own lives and with their own families, and I hope people embrace that story. It's a great book, Finding Chica, A Little Girl, An Earthquake, and the Making of a Family. The author is Mitch Album, and you can see Mitch uh, be here in the Capital Region this Wednesday at the Sage College's Schacht Fine Arts Center in Troy. We look forward to seeing you there, Mitch, and thank you so much for joining me. It was a pleasure, Steve. Thanks for having me on. And this is Speaking of Writers, and that is Capital Region Sunday, a production of Town Square Media Albany for this week. We'll be back again next week with another edition. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve Richards.